Today on Watching Your Wealth, how to plan for retirement when you're self-employed. This is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. This is Veronica Dagger, and you're listening to Watching Your Wealth, where you learn all you need to know about building your wealth and protecting your money. Ann Turgeson is a Wall Street Journal wealth advisor, reporter, and retirement expert. Welcome back, Ann. Thanks for having me. Great to have you. So you've got a column coming out this week. It's So it's all about retirement and planning for the self-employed. I would say it's pretty tricky to plan for retirement under any circumstances, but probably more so of a challenge than for people who are self-employed, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is because, I mean, when you're employed, you have a steady paycheck. You know what you can count on getting every week or every other week, and you know you know what you can spare. But when you're self-employed, your income tends to be a lot more volatile. Some months you may not have much at all, and other months you may have quite a bit. It's very hard to, you know, sort of pre- predict how much you're going to have by retirement. It's also very hard to plan how much you can really afford to set aside. Indeed. Do we have any stats on how the self-employed are doing when it comes to planning and saving for retirement? Well, they're not doing that well. I think people, it's no secret that overall Americans aren't doing that well for, you know, right, when it comes to saving. Right, unfortunately not. Yeah. But I think the self-employed, you know, are having, the statistics show that they are having more difficulties. So according to a study that I just recently came across, only 36% um, save consistently, and that's compared to 54% among right. those who have, you know, paychecks from other people. Oh, So help us, Anne. What are our options? What can we do? Where should we start? Well, for the self-employed, often, you know, there's a whole host of benefits that they don't get that the rest of us get by virtue of working for companies that offer them, you know, starting with health insurance and disability insurance. Um, it's really important to to secure those things first. And then it's also important to save um, up an emergency fund. And there's an argument to be made that self-employed people need to actually have bigger emergency funds. The that recommendation, right. The recommendation is for um, most people to set aside about three months of pay in an emergency fund. But for the self-employed, you, sh- you could easily double that, especially if you have a volatile, unpredictable source of income. Indeed. IRAs, we hear a lot about this for the self-employed interest or for folks in general. Is that a, a place we might want to start on the investment side of things? Exactly. So once you've got those things covered, then you need to start really thinking seriously about saving for retirement. And it's all on you, <laughs> as yeah. is the case with all of us. So the first place to start really is with a, a regular plain vanilla IRA. And those come in two different kind of flavors. There's a traditional IRA, and then there's a Roth IRA. And the difference between them comes down to taxes. With a traditional IRA, you put the money in and you get a tax break on the the money you contribute. When you pull the money out, you have to pay taxes on it. And a Roth works in reverse. You put the money in after paying taxes on it now. And when you pull the money out, it's tax-free. And which one you you pick has a lot to do with how much you make, too. Is that right? Exactly. So there are limits on how much you can make and still contribute to a Roth. So if you make below the amount um, that's allowed and you're eligible to contribute to a Roth, that's often for self-employed people the best thing to do, especially when they're just starting out. Because when they're starting out, their income is going to be lower than it will be in the future, assuming the business does well. Um, And, you know, in that case, you're better off foregoing a tax break now in order to get tax-free growth and and take the money out tax-free when you're older and your income's going to be higher. It's going to be more meaningful. Makes sense. What are some other options within the IRA world? Right. So once um, once you hit... 
once you're doing well enough that you're able to save um, more than $5,500 a year, that is the limit on how much you can put into an IRA. Um, it goes up to 6500 a year for those who are 50 or older, but that's still not a huge amount of money. So once you're doing well enough that you're able to save more than that, then you need to start thinking about other types of um, retirement savings vehicles. And the most popular ones for self-employed people are called the SEP IRA the simple IRA and the solo 401k. So those are three different options for people. And is anything, uh, you know, sort of strike you about one versus the other? Anything that is more preferred? Is the SEP more of a preference for some folks? Yeah. So when it comes to, there's sort of two different factors to weigh. The first one is simplicity. And when you compare the three of them, the SEP is definitely the easiest one. It takes about 10 minutes to sign up for. You can get it at any brokerage you know, firm. And you just go on the website. It takes 10 minutes to sign up. There's no requirements to file anything, you know, throughout the year. It's just, it's, it's just as simple as a regular IRA. And, um, and you can save a lot of money in a SEP. You can save up to $54,000 a year. Um, how, the, the other factor to weigh is how much you're going to be able to contribute to each of these. And each of them allows you to contribute an amount that's determined by a, a different formula. So it's important for you to sit down with your income and look at what you project for the future and figure out which one is going to let me save the most. Because... You know, if you get really lucky and you, you do, your business does really well, you may need to start, you may really want to start saving the maximum you can. So it's mm-hmm. also important to see which one will allow you to save the most. And often it's the solo 401k that, that does, that yields the highest number for people. So I think the SEP is the s- simplest. The solo 401k often lets you save the most. So you need to sort of weigh those two things. Interesting. And we need to take a quick break, but when we come back, I want to hear more about how the self-employed can plan for retirement. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com. Hi, this is Paul Gigo, host of the Potomac Watch podcast. Join me and my colleagues every week as we dissect all of the latest happenings in Washington. Check us out at wsj.com slash podcasts and become a subscriber on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and the Google Play Music app. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. This is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. Welcome back to Watching Your Wealth. WSJ's Ann Turgeson has some tips for us on how the self-employed can plan for retirement. And what other last tips do you have for us in terms of managing our retirement if we're self-employed? Sure. So, you know, when you're employed at a company, often your your employer will automatically enroll you in the 401k plan. They'll start, you know, automatically deducting savings from your paycheck every month unless you opt out. Now, for the self-employed, it's important to kind of set up a system like that if you can. Um, Again, with volatile income, it can be hard to to assess how much you're really able to save every month. But if you're able to sort of set a minimum threshold of, I know I can set aside, say, $1,000 a month, you should automate that. And you should automatically deduct that from your checking account and funnel it into your IRA um, because that will make your life um, 
it, it will ensure that you actually save that amount. I think what happens with people when they don't automate is that often they, they spend tomorrow, the money by tomorrow. accident. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Indeed. Great tips as always. Thank you so much, Anne. You're welcome. And do you have a personal finance question you'd like us to answer? Email us at podcast at DowJones.com. This has been Watching Your Wealth, a production of The Wall Street Journal. I'm Veronica Dagger. For more information, check us out at wsj.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, check us out at wsj.com slash podcasts. Become a subscriber on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and now look for us on the Google Play Music app on Android devices.